Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome back. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. This is your host, Kimberly Snyder, and this is Overflow, the podcast. Welcome back. I'm so happy to be here and be back on the mic inspiring, sharing stories, and being challenged by our guests who are living in their overflow and who are working with high achievers, I'm sure a lot like you. Today, I'm talking with Belinda and Brienne. Belinda and Brienne are both coaches leading the LCI Leader Coach Intensive Coach Certification Training Course that I'm on and looking to complete and working towards my International Coaching Federation certificate. Both of these women are truly inspiring. They are professional certified coaches with the ICF, the International Coach Federation. Brienne is an author of an upcoming book, Claiming Your TGI Today. And Belinda is also writing a book, um, but we'll have to catch up with them on that another time. Welcome to Brienne and Belinda, and welcome back to the Overflow podcast. Here we go. Welcome to Overflow, the podcast. Are you filling everyone's cup meanwhile your energy and inspiration is drained? I believe when you move from overdrive to overflow, you have a supply of energy for people around you and all the demands of life so that you can tackle them with ease. Overflow is an experience of being in the zone with all your attention, so much so you momentarily forget everything else. This show is your weekly guide. Let's build a plan for making time for pure enjoyment or being fully absorbed in the complexity of your work or studies because this ambition will fill you up because you're not here to be average. You're here to be awesome. I'm Kimberly Snyder, motivational speaker, student of positive psychology, advocate, and champion of people. I'm your cheerleader and your biggest fan. So fill up your cup, savor the moment as we chat and nourish the mind, body, and soul so we can respond to life's challenges and find your overflow. Well, I am so excited to have you here. Thank you for joining us, um, Brienne and Belinda. Brienne and Belinda are my coach mentors. um, And I understand, Brienne, you are launching a new business and a new book called Claiming Your TGI Today. And Belinda, you're working on a book to inspire us. So we may have to welcome you today and have a a follow-up podcast conversation, but welcome to Overflow. Thank you for having us. Thank you. We're excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. So I am working on officially um, moving towards getting a badge. It's all about the badges lately, right? And I really want the badge around the International Coaching Federation um, and found you two and really have been um, inspired, truly inspired by your gift, but also the formula around coaching and how to walk side by side with other people. I don't know if you have found this in the pandemic, but many high achievers, maybe you know them yourselves, 
many high achievers have been still high achieving, still raising the bar, even during the pandemic, and a little bit apologetic about it and secret and not really declaring what they're working on. And so now that the pandemic has released, they're coming out and they're saying all the things that they've been working on and all the things that they want to achieve next, where many of us were under the covers kind of enjoying the pandemic a little bit. I know a lot of high achievers were still having high demands on them, on themselves and, and their own achievements. Do you know high achievers? <laughs> we just had this conversation, yes. <laughs> you know, it's interesting you say that, Kim, because I'm seeing that on the one hand, and then on the other hand, I'm even seeing the high achievers um, starting feel a bit of the weight of the cumulative impact of the pandemic. And in some cases running out of steam, but in other cases really feeling like they, they need to reconnect to that sense of meaning and purpose, right? So it's not just about doing stuff. It's about why am I doing them? What is it for? What does it mean? Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so a lot of the people that I'm coaching as clients are up against that right now too. Yeah. And, and what we're noticing seeing specifically leaders as well, um, that there are many that are burning out. Um, exit rates out of companies are also increasing um, because of the level of stress and pressure and, and pressure that they're really putting on themselves. Mm -hmm. um, so things are definitely shifting. I see that. I see that on LinkedIn a lot. Um, there, was some, there was an article about the big quit, the big resignation. And sometimes you'll see people are resigning or leaving their roles and they don't even have something secure to move into. They just know this isn't it. Yeah. 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 yeah this is a big one. Like what they call it is they have the great resignation and a lot of it is connected to the younger generations. Um, what we're seeing is that people are just not willing to settle anymore uh, the way people used to in the past, you know, so your millennials and your Gen Zs, they are not looking to be led the same way that we perhaps were led that traditional hierarchical leadership style that was happening in the past. People are looking for, as you mentioned earlier, side-by-side -side leadership, human to human connection, um, because this helps them connect to their purpose uh, connect to meaning in their work so that they feel connected. They feel like they're doing something meaningful. Um, and if they don't get this, they are willing to leave. And as you said, sometimes to go nowhere, sometimes they don't even have another opportunity, but they're willing to sacrifice the stability of an everyday job for their purpose and for their happiness. So this is, this is a big, big thing that we're seeing out there. It's really well, interesting. And let's talk more about side by side, because I often think about the leaders that I'm around or the other entrepreneurs. And sometimes, especially a high achiever, she has, he or she has big goals, big expectations of themselves or of their business. And so tell me more, like, talk to us more about side by side, because often the leader is wondering, have you walked in my shoes? Have you led a business? Do you run a team? And so sometimes that's the concern or the objection or the obstacle that they kind of come to coaching with unsure about, you know, are you going to help me? And, and I think about it for myself um, as a consultant, so normally as a consultant, they're coming to me with, but do you have the answers? Have you walked in my shoes? So tell me more about coaching and this concept of side-by-side. -side. You know, almost everything in our society is set up in that hierarchical model, right? From schools to families to organizations. So we're steeped in it. 
And a lot of the times we don't even see it, right? It is so ubiquitous that we don't even notice it's there in the backdrop of our lives. So, you know, your question about business owners or entrepreneurs, a lot of times when we then decide, okay, I'm going to start my own business, we bring with us that same model or that same thinking that we've been steeped in our whole lives. Even if somebody asked us, we'd say, I don't really believe in that. It's amazing how it just seeps into everything that people do. It's the shoulds, right? We have a lot of shoulds around how we need to do a business. Um, And so I think if we get stuck in that model of recreating new businesses, the way that we've we've seen it done, because we've been taught that's the formula for success, then what we're going to be doing is we, you know, maybe we're leaving the corporate world to start something new. We're just going to rebuild the same old stuff that we didn't like from the other models. And so it really requires us to think and examine our assumptions about how we're doing it and why we're doing it. Guilty. And totally be guilty. Brave. Be brave, right? About setting up different models. Because if we like we really need to start experimenting with this. And the thing about being side by side and being human to human is that it requires vulnerability and courage to show up that way. Right? We can't rely hierarchy keeps us distant from people, keeps us separate. Side by side, human to human keeps us connected. We want it, but it's a vulnerable place. Yikes. I would agree with you. I would agree with you. Guilty as charged. So yeah, moving from corporate to being an entrepreneur, I tried to replicate that in my entrepreneur life. And it is true that when uh, we are vulnerable and say, okay, I'm going to try something new. And this isn't the the process of, you know, the corporate world that I've just mapped onto my entrepreneurial life. So um, yeah, be brave and courageous um, definitely makes me feel vulnerable and makes me think about all the shoulds that I should do in corporate life and wondering, you know, how should I do that? Or how do I show up different as an entrepreneur? I think an important thing, though, as well, is that corporations are starting to explore this side-by-side leadership. So, yes, many of us flee the corporate life to get away from the hierarchy. But what we really need to see is sort of a systematic shift in the way leadership is happening, whether it's your own business, whether it's in the corporate world, because people want to be led in a side-by-side way. Mm -hmm. They want to be connected with human to human. They don't want someone telling them what to do and giving them all the ideas. Um, They want to be um, nurtured so that their own ideas can come forward and that they can really flourish. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's why coaching is so, so important in organizations, because it really allows people to connect in a side-by-side way which will build trust, which is where change is going to happen, which is going to build engagement in teams and retention, which will allow us to keep our millennials and Gen Zs so that they don't take off um, to really to go nowhere because they don't feel connected, right? So if we bring in this more ask versus tell approach, we're going to start making real human to human connection. And the rubber's hitting the road right now because I don't what I don't know if you remember the stat, Brie, on how many millennials and Gen Zs are planning on leaving the workforce. Do you have that number top of mind? Yeah, yeah. So by 2025, if you believe it or not, 75% of the workforce is going to be millennials and Gen Zs. And within that bucket, 
36% of millennials are planning to leave their job in the next two years. So this came out of the Deloitte millennial study and 53% of Gen Zs are planning to leave in the next two years. So if you look at those numbers, they're staggering. Our workforce is at huge, huge risk. I'm actually one of them. I'm a millennial that left my job in May. Um, I did leave to, of course, launch a business, um, but I just didn't feel connected to that purpose anymore of that organization. And I wanted to create my own path. So this is happening more and more. And if we don't do something about it and start to lead in a different way, the workforce is at huge risk. That's beautiful. The other group that's leaving and higher proportions is women, right? Because workplace is not structured for us. Right. Right. And it's evolving, right? Isn't it interesting through the pandemic that businesses, um, owners, leaders have reconsidered all the assumptions that they told themselves that we couldn't work from home? Um, all those assumptions that we had during the pandemic. And now all of a sudden, sure, we can we can hire someone in another province. We can hire someone who's not going to be coming into work nine to five and, and being virtual. I think yeah, you are onto something with leading differently. And, and I guess that's true. So I would think about the high achievers and helping her um, think about how she's going to take her next steps, like coaching her and thinking differently. But also, if you are in a corporate or you have a team, how can they lead different, which maybe they've been shook up by the pandemic, maybe they've challenge their assumptions, but maybe they haven't, which I think brings in the leadership coaching model, which is so interesting. Yeah. So it's really about um, people detaching from their subject matter expertise. So where hierarchy will often come in is that somebody's promoted based on what they know. So they're really, really good in a particular area. Maybe it's science or finance or could be anything, right? And then they come into a leadership role and they think that everything that they did to succeed in that previous role of being a subject matter expert is gonna help them be a successful leader. But that's actually not the case at all. So telling people what to do and showing people your expertise is not gonna help you succeed with people. What you need to build is your expertise in leadership so that you understand how people will be you know, brought together, how trust will happen, um, to help people be engaged, to help people connect to what matters to them. Um, and when we do that, that's where the difference is gonna happen. And that's what we're seeing where a subject matter expert comes in is not gonna be successful as somebody that's really an expert in leadership. There's a critical, critical difference there. And coaching is gonna help that person become closer to that expert in leadership and leading teams. So would you have, would you have some tips, um, Brie or Belinda, would you have some tips for a leader who like to help us dispel some of the myths of coaching? So sometimes we think of coaching as performance management. So we think of it as I've done this, I've always done it well, and I need you to do it the way I have done it in my career. Cause now I'm in this big job. Um, and so sometimes it's around performance management and sometimes coaching feels a little bit like life coaching. And so you can, you can imagine um, high achievers and leaders are also thinking, I don't want to be a life coach. That's why I'm here in this role. So help, yeah. help us think about um, performance management, life coaching, 
and understand coaching a bit better? There's, there's kind of two myths that I'll, I'll tackle and then I'll let Bree tackle a couple of the other ones. But one is that, um, you know, here's the thing. Coaching is simple, but it's not easy. And that is also true about leadership, right? It's not that complicated, but it's not easy to do it. Mm-hmm. And so whenever I'm working with leaders, I always start with this kind of provocative statement, which is as soon as you become a leader, whatever you used to do, finance, operations, whatever the, the subject matter stuff is, that's half your job now. The other half of your job is leadership. And so are you investing as much time in growing and developing your leadership skills as you have in your subject matter skills? And the answer is almost always no, right? Because we don't value those things the same way, even though if you ask the people being led what they want from their leader, it's all the leadership stuff, right? And the coaching stuff. So the impact that they're having once they're in that leadership role is at least 50% based on their leadership capabilities and skills. Wow. We have to develop that. That takes effort. That takes investment. So that's myth number one. That's brilliant. So that's not just, so I hear you saying that you have your skills. So like you said, operations, finance, even human resources. And then the other skill is leadership. And naturally, generally, maybe as a general statement, people get promoted into leadership, but they're not thinking about developing that skill, how they're showing up leading their team. Yeah. Well, and think about organizations you've worked with, Kimberly, you know, they're willing to invest in project management course or subject matter courses. That stuff's a given. Yes. You have to make a case for getting your leadership development in some cases, right? It's not, that's not a given that we're going to invest as much in our people on the leadership skills or the coaching skills as we are on these other things. And so we see there's a disparity there in terms of how we're valuing these things, but the impact of those leadership skills is what really drives success. Once you get to that level in your career, you start leading people. That's what it's about. Absolutely. Yeah. Impact and influence for sure. The other myth I wanted to address is this performance management question that you you raised, Kimberly, which is, you know, what a, coaching is a is a term that gets used to to sort of bucket a whole lot of things. Yes, feedback, performance management, giving direction, giving advice, all kinds of things get bucketed in there. We use the word coaching. Yes, we do. And it's important, I think, to start to make some distinctions there. You know, again, coaching is simple but not easy. It's really about asking questions, listening, and and building on what you're hearing. Um, and it does go along with all those other leadership skills, like giving feedback and managing performance. But it is its own skill set, mm-hmm. right? And it's important, just like we invest in our other leadership skill sets, that we do learn it, right? That's how we get good at anything. It's how we master anything. Um, we invest some time to, to learn it and, and practice it and get good at it. I agree. I was wondering if you're going to jump in. I agree. So yes, coaching is um, our difficult conversations. Performance management is having those conversations, but I think I'm, I'm linking it back to your conversation, um, Brienne, around side by side, because I think there is there is um, a concept of life coaching and the leader, I mean, the person in front of you is a human being. So no, we don't need you, the leader to be a life coach, 
but to understand that person does have a life, um, does have, you know, seasons of difficulty that where they need flexibility or they need compassion, you know, from, from the leader and from work. But I do think, I, I think you're onto something there where it is a proper skill and it's also being conscious of walking side by side because my life and life events will be very different. Well, likely is very different from your life and your life events and your choices and values and so on. Yeah. Yeah. No, you bring up a good point, Kimberly, around the life coaching piece. So there are life coach trainings out there. Um, I've taken some courses in the past and they're fantastic. The thing is, is that sometimes it's very hard to bring those concepts down to earth to a business setting Mm -hmm. to be able to apply those in the everyday. So our coaching program is kind of a hybrid, right? Where we connect with the human being and the side by side, but we bring it down to the real practical. Um, So people that can apply it in the day-to-day business and move their business forward Uh, and meet the goals that they have set out to achieve. Because at the end of the day, we all have goals in our businesses and we need to move forward towards those. Exactly, exactly. Hopefully we all have our own dreams and ambitions. And so having somebody walk side by side with curious questions, with compassion to hold the space and equally um, that beautiful respect to like respect our space or push us a little, challenge us a, a little, in an effort to achieve whatever it is that's important at the, at that time, right. In, in our coaching practice. Yeah. 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 Do you want to tell us a little bit about the coaching program, the leader coach intensive? Absolutely. I mean, we have um, a coach certification training program. Um, It's been such an amazing experience working with the people in our program. So this is a six month program program. So it is a program for leaders in organizations. It's not a life coaching program. Um, And people will become expert coaches by the end of the six months. And they'll also be able to have um, all of the hours and everything they need to be able to apply for their International Coach Federation accreditation. Uh, So I know you're working towards that. Um, Super excited for you. Um, It is really the gold standard of coaching, the International Coach Federation. And anybody out there that's claiming to be a coach or a business coach, a life coach should really be certified with the International Coach Federation. Um, But there's also a ton of benefits to having a coach certification in an organization um, because you're able to bring that expertise to your team, but also trickles outside of your team. So as you're leading meetings, you're leading with a coaching approach. So you're making meetings much more effective and efficient. I mean, how many times do we show up in a meeting and really we're all rolling our eyes or people are kind of on their phones, not really paying attention. And they're thinking, God, another meeting, right? When we leave with a coaching approach in a meeting, we are going to lead to much better outcomes. Um, So that's another reason. And then another great opportunity is that it will bring opportunities for you. So when you're applying for a leadership role, when you have your coach certification, people are going to look at your resume in a very different way. Um, So there's so many positive things that a coach certification can bring. And it also helps to start to create a coaching culture in an organization where people start, you know, shifting from tell and that hierarchy to that ask and more side by side approach, which you really start to see a shift in an organization. And I would say, I would offer a testimonial. I can put a real testimonial on your website, but the testimonial I would just commend you and um, 
just share my appreciation is when we're on the coaching course, so we meet weekly and there is a small group of us, um, very interesting and different, unique, creative, interesting people around the table. But you have created, I would say, two interesting, two things that I adore. One is a beautiful sense of community. So when we are coaching and we're learning to be a better coach, it's that safe community, but also challenging us, pushing us, giving us some formulas for success. I think that's the community that you offer. And I think there's also another sense of helping us be a better human. I, I often think like when we pause and think about how we are going to do the coach approach and we do prepare to coach that kind of human element that yes, we are all living busy lives. We all have big goals and big dreams. And I mean, I had kid drop off and, and puppy walks and, and all the things, um, but when you share with us techniques, like let's take a moment to prepare to coach, like let's breathe, be grounded. And there's, there's different exercises that you've shared with us. I think that's something where you're helping me be a better human so that when I show up, even just now for the rest of the day, or if I took three minutes before I met my next client, it's something that's so little, but it's a little um, tip or best practice that you've given us and role modeled every week, every week. And so it's actually become part of my, my life, like part of my character, part of my routine to show up both for kids, husband, and for clients and, and coaches. So I really love that. It. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Love that. Thank you for saying that the, you know, what, as a, as a leader and as a coach, our primary instrument to work with is us, mm-hmm. right? And so this is the instrument that requires that, that kind of time and care, right? To make sure that we are showing up in, in the best state, the most present, um, the, the least attached, the most ready to listen, you know, whatever, whatever that state is where we can really be of service mm-hmm. to our people. Imagine the ripple effect, right? If we all took a minute to show up, to be present, to be side by side, like, it's so tempting. And I, I have really worked on not having all the answers and not giving the advice and not consulting. But the more I practice that, the more I think everyone else benefits myself and anyone else that I'm coming in contact with. It really is, really is a ripple effect. You, I can, I can totally feel it, sense it, see it. It's, it's brilliant. And, you know, we've kind of been dissing corporations here a little bit, but we, we see this happening in within corporations too, that, you know, when you do have somebody like what Brianne was talking about, who's a certified coach and trained coach and a champion for coaching, they're like a magnet, right? People start seeking them out because they want to have that kind of conversation. They want to be listened to that way. They want to be engaged in that way. Um, so it's interesting. We've seen that in industries like across the gamut where you might not expect that a coach approach would really be effective. As soon as somebody starts doing that, like I've, I've had this happen in like mining where you think like mining's not a coaching kind of environment. And it's amazing. Like we, as humans, we want this. It's, it's like you said, it's simple, but not easy. It, it, that's what I have found is it is simple. Ask simple questions. What's going on? What's happening? How can I help? Not, um, give advice 
This is what I would do. Let me tell you my story. It's simple, but not easy. Because I think as human beings, well, certainly my inclination is to jump right in and cheerlead or tell my story or give advice. Um, would you have an advice or would you have a tip for leaders? So in corporate, in business, even entrepreneurs that are running a, a small business or a startup, when we say coach approach, would you have a, a piece of advice that what's one thing they could do to be more coach-like or have more of a coach approach? I think with this one, Kimberly, it's um, the advice I would give would be just ask one question. Mm -hmm. I think another myth that's out there is that coaching takes a long time, mm -hmm. right? Um, that doesn't necessarily have to be the case. So yes, you could have a specific coaching session where you may have half an hour or an hour booked, but maybe someone just shows up in your office or just gives you a call on the phone and they have a challenge or a problem. Simply shifting to just ask one question versus, you know, giving your advice mm -hmm. can change everything. It can help that person to reflect internally, um, to start thinking and brainstorming ideas in a different way. And sometimes when you give your idea, it can shut down their creativity. Um, so one question, that would be my advice. I want to know what that question is. <laughs> well, there's many different questions. It depends on the scenario, right? So if somebody's, for example, preparing for a presentation and they come in and say, you know, I'm, I'm going into the executive for a presentation very soon. What should I include in my presentation? Maybe you would ask them something like, you know, imagine you're in the shoes of the executive. What do you think they would want to see? Right? It gets them thinking in a whole nother way. Uh, gets them out of their own head. Because sometimes we kind of, when we're so associated with a, a problem, we can't see past it. But by asking them to look at a different perspective, it kind of helps them disassociate and look in from an outside lens, which actually opens up a whole new world of ideas and possibilities. Brilliant. Brilliant. I think that's such a great tip, Brianne. Like just, just, add, just, just when you're about to start talking, just, just stop. And instead of doing that, just ask one question. And the other thing that comes up for me when you ask that, um, Kimberly, was a huge shift, I think, is as a leader and as a coach is to remind yourself, it's not about me. Really? Right? Really. <laughs> and not just it's that true. one thing, like get over there with the other person. That's, that's your job. It's, it's not about you. Well, and that's what she wants, right? She is the high achiever and many high achiever women and men. Um, I often think of the women in my life who are high achievers. And like I said, at the, at the top of this is, you know, they have been high achieving. They have been moving jobs. They have been, um, you know, working out in their basement with their Pelotons. Like they have been, meanwhile, many others have been under the covers, which, which, nothing wrong with either, but people have been kind of enjoying the quiet space of the pandemic, but the high achiever, she has been still setting her goals. And so you're right. You're exactly right. I, I do love to kid that I, I enjoy sharing my stories and, and giving advice, but it's true. She, what she wants is someone who can walk beside her, challenge her wonder. And just, just as you said, take another perspective. And I don't know what that other person's perspective is, but I wonder if you would know, or what would, what would come to you? How would you be inspired by taking another, by shifting, taking someone else's perspective? 
Yeah, whether that's your mentor, whether like you said, it's the executive you're going in to see. So yeah, I, I joke, but I, I'm totally with you. And that's, and that's really the side by side. And coming back to even when you're saying being brave and courageous, it's almost offering that, that courageousness to that person that I believe in you, you have something in there that you might not have seen, or you don't want to acknowledge. And so pause a moment. What do you think? Yes. I think it's brilliant. I think it's brilliant. Well, listen, thank you. I really appreciate you joining us on overflow. I think that living in your overflow is not just the cup is half full. I think it's overflowing with awesomeness. However, women and men define their awesomeness. And so to end, I just want to ask you a couple of questions. So one is, how are you living in your overflow? I think for me, um, I kind of follow this model, follow the pull, right? So when you feel drawn to something or pulled towards something, um, this is usually a sign that this is what you're meant to do, or this is going to bring you joy and happiness. And I think so often in life, we ignore those whispers or those signs be for fear, for maybe feeling like, oh, I'm going to have to quit my corporate job, or maybe this won't make sense for my family, or there's usually so many reasons I shouldn't do this, or I shouldn't do that. Um, but the more we ignore it, the more it's going to show up, right? So follow the pull, because that is going to lead you to your joy and happiness. Oh, I love that. Follow the pull. I got goosebumps when you said that, Brianne. <laughs> mine's, mine's very similar, which is I always frame it as like, I am a say yes person. And so, you know, it's like somewhere in me, I know what my answer to things is. And when the answer that's in here is yes, then I just got to go with it. Say yes to things in life. Has it gotten me in trouble? Absolutely. But it's taken me on some great adventures. And I feel like I live a really full rich life because of that. I love that. I love that. One of my best girlfriends, I think she always says yes. You, you just know if you ask her something, she says yes. Even before she sorted out all the details and the, the process, she just says yes. And, and I, I do think she has lived a wonderful life because she just says yes. And like you said, I'm, I'm sure there's been challenges along the way, but I think she's had way more adventures because she just, without limits, she says yes. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Thank you. What about a book or a podcast? Is there anything you're listening to lately or reading that you would recommend to other people listening to Overflow today? I think for me, it's the classic Ooh. Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Um, this book has completely changed my life. It just helps you just really connect in with the present and what's happening in front of you. Instead of feeling like we have to race to the end of the day, the end of the week, you know, why are we I rushing through our lives? True, right? True. Um, yeah, just a phenomenal book for helping you be pulled into the present. Mm -hmm. Which is a beautiful combination of follow the pull and also be in the now. Because yeah. there is something about following the pull, listening to the the tap on the shoulder or the whisper in the ear, but it's also living present. Because before you know it, there goes 2021 and we're already like we're moving into our last quarter, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And I think for me, it's the Unlocking Us podcast by Brene Brown. I mean, just when you think she can't come out with anything better, she does. 
and uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a super fan. I, I have to admit it. It's true. It's true. I'm with you on that. I've got that in my earbuds as well. What about one last question before we go? So if I often wonder, you know, when we think about the millennials, Brie, or we think about paying it forward, if you were to be able to go back to your 21-year-old self, or if you had a 21-year-old in front of you, what advice would you have for her today? Um, I think it's about not feeling like you have to have all the answers, right? Like, I think we feel like a lot of pressure in the world to know exactly what we're going to do, exactly what we're going to be when we grow up. And um, that's not the way life works. I think we need to be in the moment and know that each step that happens in our life will unveil the next step, right? So once we take one step, the next thing that's meant to will show up. And I think there's an element of trust that we need to have there to really just trust that everything will flow the way it needs to um, versus creating anxiety in our life, knowing exactly what's going to happen in five years, 10 years, 20 years. That's the beauty and the mystery of life is not knowing. So true. It's so true. And even as we talked at the beginning about hierarchical or the, the, the norms of society or the norms, the patterns that we've been kind of brought up with or have been in our communities or what we have been patterned without realizing. And so, yeah, maybe each step, I love that unveils what the next step is. And that's the beauty of life. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. I love that. I love that. I think, you know, what you just said, Kimberly, about the, you know, the, the patterning that we don't always notice that we have, my advice would be, you know, to really, to really trust what you know at that time. Because when I think back, you know, now from my fifties, looking backwards to like, I knew a lot in my twenties about the world. I I was already perceiving it and I was already understanding it. Um, But we, we, we keep telling our young people, you don't know yet. Um, You haven't lived in the real world. You know, we, we keep telling them that their perspectives and, and the things that they know to be true are somehow not valid because they're young. I think that's completely um, inaccurate and, and a terrible loss, right? Because I do think the clarity that we have as young people, um, is beautiful. And, and if we can trust that more, like rather than getting to be, you know, in our forties, fifties and sixties and having to go back and follow the thread to who we really are, why don't we just be who we really are and, and never lose it? That's beautiful. That's great. That's exactly it. Rather than reflect and say, I wish I had of, maybe I should have said the yes or taken that path or asked that question. Why don't we ask or why don't we kind of promote to that 21 year old? What do you think? What do you think you should do rather than fit into the mold of, well, typically society or this is how I did it. That's right. It's like Brianne's follow the pull, right? At some point in our life, hopefully, you know, we, we're going to, we're going to figure that out that we need to follow the pull. The earlier we can do it, the better, I think. That's beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining Overflow, um, this podcast conversation. 
I'm, I was hoping to kind of inspire everyone with the, these two beautiful women that I know. So I wanted to express and have you share your inspiration about coaching, coach approach, um, walking side by side, but also um, curiously and, and like respectfully honoring the human being. And I, I think we've achieved that here in this, in this podcast. And I will share your um, contact information. Is there any link or social media that you want to promote? We'll just, we'll mention it. We'll put all your contacts, your um, LinkedIn, your Instagram in the show notes, because I know you are launching a new class for the Leader Coach Intensive. But if people were listening to this podcast, where's the best place they can find you? You can find us on Instagram at at Leader Coach Intensive. Okay. Yay. Well, thank you again. Thank you very much. I really appreciate you being here today. Thanks for a great conversation. I hope this podcast feels like a guide in your ear, encouraging a shift in your mindset, boldly challenging you to stretch self-care goals and continue to strive and achieve big accomplishments in life because you're not here to be average. You're here to be awesome. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Overflow. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend and subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any comments, ideas, or feedback, you can find me on my website, peoplebrain.ca. Thanks so much for listening.